Off the ball, rugby. He does look the part. You know, he's a brilliant rugby player. He's got all the skills, ticks all the boxes for me. I think Leinster are a club that do that particularly well. They look after young guys. Join in the obsession. Subscribe now at offtheball.com forward slash join. OTB GAA. The Football Pod on Off the Ball in partnership with AIB. Proud sponsors of the Football Hurling and Camogie All Ireland Club Championships. Hashtag the toughest. Hello there and you're very welcome along to another episode of The Football Pod. It's a Monday afternoon. I've got James Donahue and Paddy Andrews with me. Paddy, if I was to hazard a guess to how many of the club commandments that were issued in that leaked WhatsApp players charter this week that you would break, I would go for number two, number three and number ten. No holidays, no drinking, no golf. Oh, they wouldn't stand a chance, would they? (laughs) They've got no shot. I did see this. You said this on the other day. Um very common aren't they a little bit too common I would say um, an element of it yeah I actually spoke with this our club Bridget's had one a couple of years ago and it was leaked oh maybe Jesus 8 or 9 years ago now um, I know it was very famous didn't Jim McGuinness bring one in to Donegal right at the start of his tenor, tenure um, I think Cassie wrote about it in the book but I think it was more of a kind of a values yeah. thing it wasn't necessarily controlling Just your don't, life. Don't write a book was number one in it, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cassidy <laughs> fell fell to that one now. But um, no, look. Needless to say, anyone who's listened to this pod would know uh, I probably wouldn't be a major fan of that type of thing. But I do. I think to give a context for, for clubs that do these things, right? They're obviously. It's funny. It's never the most successful clubs that are implementing this type of stuff. It's usually clubs who have underperformed or are maybe struggling for a bit of form and they're just trying to get a little bit of consistency and standards across the board. I don't like it at all, whether you're a really bad team or a really good team. I think it's too draconian. I think you're you're creating a problem for yourself as a manager straight from the get-go. Inevitably, players will break some of these, particularly some of these ones. Like, Jesus Christ, looking through that, why in God's name would you sign up for something like that? Like talk, you're not meant to have some semblance of enjoyment, particularly at club level. Jesus Christ, like, can you not, like, some of the stuff outlined in that was just ridiculous. But like, you're you're talking about it, you know, being a club without success. Like, the word is, without saying the club, this is a club that have won an All-Ireland yeah, title. Back in the know, past. In the last. Tommy. I'm saying, I know, not that long Bridget's, ago. for example, because I've, I've seen this, I've experienced this. We were a team that had success, then we weren't having success. So, shit, we need to try and change everything, set standards in place. I don't think that's the way to go about things. For a group of young fellas, yeah. sign this, sign this, sign this. Inevitably, there's going to be problems with it. I understand the rationale of trying to raise standards across the board. I don't think player sure. contracts are the way to do that by any means. And I guarantee you that that, that contract, the things outlined in that, without a doubt, those players, that that will be broken. Three or four of those points will be broken. And then what? If the star player breaks one of them, and then what do you do? You're just creating a major problem for yourself. Exactly. I, you, can, you can leave it slip for some fellas, but you're only you're only tying your hands as a manager. But like, what happens if you if you had a few points playing golf on holidays in <laughs> September? Uh, you've broken four of them. You're going for the Man City approach. <laughs> just break all the rules. Break so many rules that they can't yeah. get you. Instead of doing... Do, 
Do it Everton and just go for a game of golf and then you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> but if you break the ball at once, you might get away with it. The 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 Bridget's yeah. one, right? And not to relitigate, uh, well, to relitigate. Bridget's it, like, one, some of the things in the British one were absolutely farcical. I'm reading it here. Ridiculous. And some of these, some of these, they must have been brought in just for you. <laughs> I wasn't there, which was great. The point number <laughs> one, two, three. This is point number 14 on the player coach contract. Is this bro- for going back to Bridget's, well, is it? This is Bridget's, yeah. I just think this one, this one must have been directed at Andrews. I will wear my Bridget's training gear to all sessions and the full tracksuits to all matches. Were you rocking in with the dubs gear? I genuinely think I I wasn't there for half this fucking stuff. That's why I was was part of the problem. Stuff like that, like, like, I can see, if you're a coach, I can see why people are doing it. You want... You're just trying to. It's all about standards. Can we get good standards across them? Some of the, some of them are just ridiculous. Like in that one from the weekend, we're going to treat every league game like a championship match. Yeah, like, that's just nonsense. Fuck? What is that? Like, what a nonsense thing to put in. Like, and then and, and how would you even measure that? Oh, someone has a bad game. Oh, you weren't treating that like a championship match. You're fined or whatever. It's. I don't agree with it, a way to try and get buy-in from players I just don't think that's a great way to go about it the only one that I can fully fully agree with to an extent is the America slash Canada in the middle of the championship because if you are going away for three months and you're missing half the championship it does have an effect I would say that that could be unless it doesn't affect the championship but usually it probably can I ask you a question though right they're saying that that player cannot be a part of the senior panel so just say uh, one of your buddies in Legion playing with you for 10 years. He's like, do you know what? I'm taking a career break or I'm going off for a summer. I got a great offer. Yeah, delete his number. Gone. Just gone. <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, it's, it, that is hard. But you can see where it's coming from, at least. You want to keep everyone around. And the word That's is it. this particular club had a clatter of boys go away in the middle of the summer. Yeah. And if, say, you have... You have high hopes. I've seen clubs this year in Kerry even. They had some excellent excellent teams, excellent young teams. You think they could have rattled a couple mm. of competitions. And they've lost five and six fellas. Almost the same club in, in Boston and New York and these places. They've come back and they've lost all the momentum of the year. That's the only one that I could half see why you would try and get fellas to buy in. The rest of them have to be player driven. And look, I can I can get that. But when you're trying to foster a winning culture. as, as You can't foster too- a winning culture in America. How do you how do you create one like like you've both seen both sides of the coin here? I'm sure you've been on teams where there hasn't been a hope or there's bad bad standards in place, and you've both been on teams you, where you've got you, it right. You get into the, 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 the sports psychology around this, like young players or any sort of player, they're being forced, they're being told what to do. There, that's never a great starting point. Mm. You need it needs to be collaborative. Coaches need to say these are the standards we expect. And they need to somehow, there's the whole point of the coaches and the management team, to get buy-in from the players. Straight away, if I get a contract shoved in front of me, I'm thinking, these boys are coming from college, they're coming from work. That's They can be a bit of a ball ache at times. They're seen as nearly a chore at times. You're coming to sports, to your club, to your mates, to enjoy it. And the first thing you get shoved in is a contract. You have to do, have to do this, this, this. And if you don't do it, oh my God, the fucking world is over and you're cut off the panel. Like straight away for me, I don't think that is a good starting point to get buy-in from players. I understand from a coach's perspective, we need to get 
uniformity and standards. We need to get buy-in from the players. But I think this coach or these contracts, signing contracts, is... Well, has, has there been a positive response from anyone to this? No, Young it's been, players. It's been, it's been ridiculed. I think there's been a, I think there's been a few people that are saying this is fairly normal, not a big deal in any winning dressing room. Like, <sighs> but winning I teams, like, see how that's true. I don't think winning teams have to force people to do that. No, like exactly. you, you look through them, Jimmy York, and it's I get it. It's different intercounty level. The players are naturally very much self motivated. They're playing at the highest level. They, they'll do all of these things anyway. Club teams or struggling club teams, I can see maybe these things. These are all brought in by that particular club because obviously they've had issues with all of these areas in the past. Um, that's generally how it goes. We were the same with prisons. Where some of them directed at me, I'm fucking sure some of them probably were. But I just don't think the player contract is is a way yeah. to go. It's been on the go for this, 10 years I've seen this. More uh, probably. I know. But this, yeah, it's, it's like, it's like... <laughs> Prestige worldwide off stepbrothers again, like you know, when they're just throwing <laughs> enough buzz terms at it that you can oh, LinkedIn you, like, like, AI to train at the highest level all the time, commitment in achieving fitness goals and targets. Like that's just nonsense. Like that hey, is just sounds even more nonsense than the American accent. <laughs> Prestige underscored and bold. <laughs> but Jimmy, like if if someone comes in, a new coach comes into Legion and puts shoves that in front of you, they're the first. The, honestly, they'd be an empty room because yeah, exactly. Would their gyms? It, yeah, no, that would not go. And down you're away. chasing, you're chasing to get back to the big table and but like in, you're in completely Kerry. disrespecting the players. Like it should, be player led. it should be player driven from from the very beginning. In my opinion, the, but the best coaches can their key role is to try and create that environment, create that, empower your players to go. You need to take ownership of this. If if a coach is standing yeah. there telling them before a league game, you every one of you guys, you 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 have to treat this like a championship match. Forget about it. Oh my you know, god! And just look at the Bridges one here. It's absolutely it's worse. It's worse. <laughs> well, I, I, I blocked it out of my mind. Where, where is this? this oh my is god! It? I will I go into it, yeah. the clubhouse with my teammates after the game. Organized oh, fun. Like. Fucking hell. <laughs> go on. What else? Give us a few of them there. Jesus Christ. Oh, I will I, bring I, a positive I, attitude to the group. Like, yeah, you know, I will respond to all notifications on Teamer. Oh, but you see what I mean? This is that, that is created in an environment where the team is underperforming. And, yeah. and these gripes, these, well, I don't know, what would you call them? Amendments or amendments to the contract. They're all put in place <laughs> for specific. Something's obviously gone wrong. There's the somebody area. in the room yeah, that's exactly. at fault. They're all addressed yeah. at individuals who have not followed this protocol. And I'm thinking, yeah. does this contract solve that problem? No. No. If anything... No. Like all those issues need to be dealt with, and I'm probably from an county point of view. I'm thinking like as a as a group of players, you stop all those things from happening because you're supposed yeah. to be an elite group. Self police. If really, the yeah. manager came in and said, "Don't do this, don't do that, don't do that," first thing twenty percent of the fellas are going to do is exactly what he said not to do, <laughs> just because that's in their in fellas' nature. There's a bit of kind so, of breakout, but you have when, to when you- buy into the players' group. I think. When Fitzmaurice is building that new Kerry team in 13, there's a clatter of young lads coming through and you're bringing in new standards and Keen O'Neill is involved. Yeah. Is there something like this put in front of a 21-year-old no, James O'Donoghue? There wasn't. But he did. You could just tell that we were going at it with, with higher standards. I don't know. There wasn't necessarily anything said, but you just knew that it was old school like, 
how will you carry yourself? Everything was just a little bit and when, up. When Pat Kilroy was cleaning up shop, did he lean on a PDF? No, like all of the all of the points outlined in that are expected of a team. That is, and that's yeah. There, there, there's nothing in it that's kind of outlandish. It's the idea of a contract and signing through them. Um, like Pat, Pat brought in standards, like, but it wasn't like here's a list of twenty things that you have to abide by. There's a contract, sign it. His role but, as the manager was like, these are the standards. I don't. We're gonna train in the morning. We want. We're gonna train. We're gonna go to work or college. You're gonna come back. We're gonna train the evening. Don't be fucking late to training. These type of things. It was just said. Mm. This is. I'm outlining. I'm setting my style out here. You either follow it or you don't. There was yeah. none of this. I'm gonna email you a list of things and I want you to sign it. A big, big ceremonial signing of a contract. And if you breach that <laughs> one thing, you're gone. Like, but like. There's a way, and this is the coaches and managers, of, of getting these points across and getting buy-in. I, I do not think the signing contract thing gets buy-in. As Jimmy said, you tell a young fella, don't do this, 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 this. Like, odds are someone's going to do one or two of those things. And 100%. then it's just an absolute can of worms for you as well. Like, every yeah. team has standards, Tommy. The more successful the team, the, the easier it is to police. Um, like I say, you generally see these type of things with... Mainly club teams and mainly ones that are struggling and are trying to address some issues. I get what the coaches are trying to do. I just don't agree with this method of, of trying to increase standards. I, 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 don't, I, just, I just don't think it works. I've never seen it work. A team that puts in a contract and at the end of the season, everyone goes, they're the All-Ireland champions. And they go, we only won that because of that contract. <laughs> like it's, it just does not happen. No, uh, it never takes long for it to be leaked either. Like, do you know, yeah, there's always a few of these that appear. Yeah, number twelve. And do you know why it's leaked? Because the young lads are pissed off. Like, they're going, "Look at this! Look what they're making me sign." That's yeah, how it yeah. gets leaked. That's the fact why it we was leaked isn't great either. Like, it's not a good start. <laughs> that there's was eleven things. Number twelve should have been, "Don't send this on to <laughs> no, anyone." <don't>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. There's a, and like you're right. Like, like there's so many restrooms around the country, country that are just looking. And whatever code, they're just looking at next October and saying, if we do A, B and C, we can get to here. We just need to fix these things. Is there any, like, is there any way of implementing a positive culture in a place that is lacking it from your own experience? I would say you, you give, you give as much responsibility and as much of a role as possible to the players. And you make them own it. You make them feel like they're running the show. If they're being told what to do, they do a 180 so fucking fast. They have to feel like they're running it and that they're that they're the main thing. And if that's not the case, it's not going to work. Like, it's all about the players and how players look after other players, how players train, turn up, perform. It's not about the manager having an ego trip and telling everyone what to do. And have you ever fulfilled the role of tapping a younger teammate on the shoulder and going, man, now, buck up? Or would you more lead by example in Legion by being down at training that bit earlier, doing your extra shooting? Like, how how would it kind of live out for you? I suppose it's not a... Yeah, it's never really happened that you've had to kind of go after one fella. It's about setting a culture... And this is hard. This is not easy. Like yeah, it's, it's setting hard, a yeah. setting a kind of culture in the group that nobody that nobody wants to fuck each other over or go offside. Do you know? It's a case of no, we got this on or that on. 
it's difficult, mm. but once everyone's on the same page and it's player driven, I think it's a lot easier. And when it clicks, obviously, it's a powerful thing. Do you know that's when you're seeing teams win and when that culture is in place and you know the players all have each other's back. You can see it in the places where it's happening, and you know that these managers that are coaches that are putting this together, they desperately just want to get their team to that place, but just but hundred percent what the wrong way to do it. A manager that comes in like that and starts saying do this, this, and this will fall out with one of the one of the top players, yeah, and he'll start maybe not training as hard or giving out a bit then there'll be a bit of talk next thing there's a split there's a divide it's all up in a heap network effects piss off the wrong person and it just snowballs yeah you you hear it actually in all the podcasts at the moment from the Premier League who was on one recently about I think it was about Aston Villa and they dropped um, Agbonlor that French manager took over took over Remy Gard yeah Remy Gard and and Agbonlor was best friends with like Oh, was Michael Richards, boys. the one, Michael Richards was telling it. It was yeah. on that one with Lenarker and Shearer. It's actually a good good podcast. It's not bad. I, yeah, yeah that story. Like, Bottle of Horror was made to everyone and the manager pissed He just basically and, goes, fuck this he just, <laughs> he goes, I'm out here and ruined it for everyone. But that's, <laughs> that's the key. That, that's what happens, like. The best managers will get the best player. Well, best manager will get the players on side. How would nice. you get players on side? Yeah. Communicate emotional intelligence. Mm. Connect with them. You don't do that by going. Here's a list of twenty things that I've designed. You need to agree with this, or like rule them by fear. If you break one of these, you're finished. Like that. It's list, a sign of weakness by the manager straight yeah. away. It's like don't. don't that list me. might work with like an under ten team where they're mm. actually babies and they need to be told specifically what to do. And what I I would be amazed if that team who have that contract are successful. <laughs> it would be comical if they were at the best year of all time. <laughs> yeah, I highly... Yeah. I can't find it now, but Raj wrote a column about the battle that every coach has and the challenge between... The turds, isn't it? Get, the dress room getting the, the players, yeah, yeah. Getting yeah, the players at, at the top yeah. of the pile on side, but also the players who are maybe on the periphery of the panel because they're the boys that can sink the boat. Yeah. And you need to have that happy balance where you're actually got everybody pulling in the that same direction. Was. I definitely butchered that, haven't I? No, but it's bang on. It was brilliant. He was saying, yeah, that the well, final no, third... We spoke about it before, yeah. yeah. The final third will always be there, but if you bring up the first two, or the middle one, the middle to become, the to become a top, a top to one instead of a bottom one. Yeah. yeah. So clever. Yeah. You need to get the there good lads and the shitheads on side. They're <laughs> all on side, then the middle lads are just grand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah. Right, well, sure, that was a... That was a good start to the pod there. Sorry. <laughs> was there any matches this weekend, no? We we had a, another busy weekend. The Intermediate Championships actually caught fire again this weekend, lads. Um, not sure if you're following this, but for the first time ever, first time in 13 years in Munster, we're not going to have a Kerry champion. Milton Castlemaine, who we spoke about last week, were beaten by John Evans's Killing the Martra. So mm. the Cork champions won that. James, you were never coached by John Evans, were you? In his thirty-year no. illustrious management career, he was coached Tip, didn't he? He tip, coached Tip he was, was common. Yeah, Lone Rangers, yeah. uh, one in all Ireland with Lone Rangers. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, who else? Yeah, he had a good few so, teams anyway. But oh, so, that, so that crowd bet the cliff and were beaten the following week. Yeah, yeah. yeah but exactly. to be fair, a week turnaround after winning that was. Mm. Not ideal. I, I'm not sure how much like they would have celebrated that fairly hard, I'd imagine. Yeah, probably. That's um, a danger, isn't it? When it's a weak turnaround in the club yeah. scene. Like, 
Yeah, but that wouldn't be yeah. a, that would be a tough game. Now Milton killing the match. I was it was always going to be tight. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. And so also in the intermediate championship, we had another upset in Galway when the Roscommon champions sink. Uh, Kevin's a Cassidy won, so they won that. Johnny Doyle's Allenwood are in the Leinster final this weekend. Forty five years old, still going strong. They're playing Scully Connell, and in Ulster we've got Bally Hayes at Cavan who are playing St. Pat's, Colliana of Armagh, uh, Bally Hayes back, Glenillan of Derry, so Owen Bradley is still ripping it up. Skinner, still ripping it up. Scored 1-7. But there was one point, James, I'm surprised you didn't see this one now. I'm surprised you weren't all over Twitter with this one, where Bradley drops a free short. One of the Glenillan forwards catches it. He spins. He drives it 10 yards wide. And the umpire reaches for the flag and he waves a point over the bar. There was nearly war, but Bally Hayes came through it, thankfully, and it was left at that. Uh, in the senior football championships, uh, we had Dingle beating Clonmel. Hands up, I got it wrong. I tipped Clonmel, boys. You called it right. Paddy and James, you both called Dingle. You didn't quite um, call him, though. You said you that we were sleeping on Clonmel. You didn't. Yeah, you didn't I, I think it's fair to say we got all our predictions correct this weekend. Some of them were a lot tighter yeah. than we expected, but... Uh, you, you're well, getting we got better at the predictions, Paddy. Well, we I, I hazard a guess that you're spending a lot more time on the couch these days. I am. So yeah. you're... I'm actually watching all these matches, though. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so we have... Am I right in saying uh, Dylan and Connor Ganey are brothers, James? I'm actually... Do you know what? I'm afraid to ask you actual uh, <laughs> facts about the Kerry Senior Football Championship because we got absolutely hammered last week for making a mess of... Uh, in O'Connor's original home club. He was saying, Michael Spymore, as I said, I don't know, you must have changed it in the edit. This was. <laughs> I must have put words in your mouth. <laughs> Robbie Keane trail of transfers. Like, we got it wrong. Yeah, we got it wrong. So, uh, apologies to everyone for getting that one wrong. Um, but, I don't know anyways, how we got that wrong. Jimmy, that's Three. your neck of the woods. You should know that. Like, come on. I just agree with that's him what you're because here he's, for. It, it's fair. he is the GAA correspondent. I thought that he'd be have his information. But I'm washing my hands right. of it. It's both of you two. It's your <laughs> job, Tommy, and Jimmy, I'm, I'm, your neck of the woods. I'm just going to say, so the Gainies, three Gainies. Yes. I think it's Go one namesake up. and two brothers scored Go nine on. between them for Dingle. Dingle's 13 points you've all also came got from play. Mikey Gainey and Niall Gainey in defence. Oh, Holy jeez. You haven't got a so chance. They're, they're, they're Gainey backboned, definitely, yeah. So the big question is they're facing Castlehaven now in the Munster final. Castlehaven bet Rat Gormuck and the Hurley brothers, Brian and Michael, scored one eleven between them. The big question is, will Dingle get Mark O'Connor home from preseason training in the AFL? He played in the county championship, he played in the club final. Uh the, there's talk that there's a chance that he may be brought home for the Munster final. So we'll wait and see what happens there. But what's the, that is Yeah, so then there's a break then until after Christmas. Yeah. So there's a month break then. Yeah. So when do you bring? When do you spring that one? Is it you is know? it a one time thing? You bring him home for one game. <laughs> yeah, I, you spring I, it in January. I don't think they're gonna win. I don't think Dingle can win the All Ireland, but I think they can win the Munster. They can I'd definitely getting, win the Munster. I'd be I'd shocked be getting, if no, they didn't. I'd be I'd be getting them home for that one. Uh, yeah. They'll play. I feel Carafin in a semi final. There's no way he'll get both, is there? So what, the, the All-Ireland semi-finals are what, the second week of January, is it? Yeah, I think it's around or, the 8th or the 10th. Oh, sorry, the first Sunday of January. Yeah. yeah. You're talking about they, three of their biggest ever games. Like. Mm. Uh, they will pull out all the stops. I think it's the final Sunday week, January. is it? Yeah, the final, final is the December the 10th. 
more than likely that Sunday there's no venue yet and the Ulster final is on that day as well where we've got Glenn and Scott saying there was two cracking games this weekend we're going to talk about them now we called we backed those two results but they were a hell of a lot tighter than they thought they'd be yeah Nave Connell brought Glenn up until the very last play of the game an absolutely crazy frenetic finish Emma Bradley's left boot delivers on the buzzer a buzzer beater and then Scottstown Conor McCarthy that man with another clutch equaliser he's done it for Monaghan all summer long he wins his all-star he does it for his club it was very similar to who was his point against Kildare or was it Kildare down in Tullamore same thing cutting it from the sideline and to be fair the young fella knows he's on him. <laughs> he nearly get. I was thinking, I was saying the replay, I was like, should he have blocked this? He's full length diving block. He just, Conor McCarthy's the too much, he got the run on him, too much pace. Yeah. Uh, and that was the quality. You just seen that the the big player standing up again in the big moments. He's done that now so many times. Before. Isn't he? Yeah. He must yeah. be thinking, let it be close so I can have one of those moments again. Yeah. Well, like Trillick, now it's coming. And like they think they've done enough. I was I was impressed with Trillick. I'd say I thought Richie Donnelly was outstanding again. Lee Brennan's kick at the end, same as the night before. You think they're after? I think they'd have won it. They There's won one it play the left. It's like ah, oh, they're, they're gonna hang on. And Emma Bradley kicks a monster for for Glenn the night before to win it. And Conor McCarthy comes up the next day with with the same. Last but they walked. The they Brilliant pissed up the field to get the equaliser that time. Yeah, you, like, you would think you've won play. You're a point up. Finish yeah. it. But, but that it's... that's my point about the about some of the games in Ulster. I think that they're very cagey in attack, every yeah. team. But when they really need a score, they, they have need no to. problem yeah. getting it. <laughs> I think they're almost being too cagey at times. And it, it happens a lot. It's like, all right, this game is going to be really tight. And it makes you feel like it's even tighter as a player then. Whereas if they Which... kind of just attacked with a bit more intent... I think these teams, these teams, a bit more abandoned, a bit more abandoned. The teams, a little bit more abandoned. I think. But on the other side, Jimmy, you could say like Jody Gormley, who was a brilliant coach. He does with Trillick. I don't think Trillick are as good a team as Scottstown. I don't think they have the depth of quality that Scottstown have. So they get themselves into that position to win the game Mm. by being maybe a bit more structured and having bodies back, being hard to play against. If they go flat to the mat, all out attack from the start. I think that plays into Scottstown's hands. The same with Glenty's the night before against Glenn. Um, is that approach to maybe more reserved, conservative approach, has that gotten them into that position to nick the game yeah, in the first maybe, place? maybe so. Yeah, you, you, you know. Um, it's hard to go away you, from what I'm you've not, done. I'm not a massive fan of conservative football. I've said that numerous times on this part, anyone who listens. But I can understand, in the, particularly in the club scene, where you maybe haven't got the depth certainly the depth or maybe the, the attacking quality to play an all-out attacking game. But I, I, I agree, you see, the, the, the two finales on Saturday night and yesterday, when the teams needed to pull something out of the bag, they could do it. Mm. But um, but it, is that the best approach for them for the full 60 minutes? It's hard to know. You have to trust the coaches that they they know the players better than we do and they can say, this, this is going to put us in a position to win but the it, game. It almost feels a bit Very like nearly pulled it off. Yeah, but it feels almost that they're, they'll they'll play the first 58 minutes. Yeah. Guaranteed to keep it tight. And then they'll Go they'll do the necessary at that stage. You know, I just think did that against Cross McGlenn. Trillick didn't score for the first 20, 25 minutes against Cross McGlenn. You're thinking, these yeah. guys are not going to have enough. And then they get themselves yeah. into position and they power home and get through. Cross McGlenn were obviously massively disappointed in that, in that quarterfinal. But the other I, thing that they came up in that, Paddy, was... 
after he kicked the 45. Breda um, for Trillick. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant kick. I'm Every shocked they didn't, go, they didn't go man on man in the kick out. Press up, yeah. didn't they? They dropped back. Don't get, cause it's just like it's literally in their head. It's like it's just a reaction. They're not even taking it. It's just like, just get back. Yeah. And it's like, that's probably the word. inviting them on. Is you like, invite them on. Because Begging kicked it down the line with his right leg. He got him 40 yards out with one foot pass. Do you know, after yeah. they were kind of, after the kick out, a couple of plays after the kick out, got him down the line. Next thing they had the pace in the attack. Yeah. And they worked as well. I'd agree. I'd agree to push up. But on the other side, you could say, I could again, I, I could see why you push up on Beggar. He kicks one long. I know. Really into your I half. Know, I know. And then it's six and one, half a dozen of the other, isn't it? Where, whereas you think just a natural human reaction. If we just get 15 lads back on our half, it's going to be so hard for them to score. And generally it would be. But I remember our famous example against Mayo in the 17 final where Dean Rock kicks that free with the, what's essentially the last kick of the game. We push up. That was just our nature. We're like, just push, like, up, push up and win the kicker. Because mm, then it's over. Seven, seven fouls. Yeah, in that kicker, it's but, one of the greatest presses. But it, it like well, that was purely our, fouled them. But up. that was our mentality. It was like our, our mm. last thing would be to take a step back. But I could see why teams would do that. We understood this will suit us best. Try and win the kicker. Don't let them have it. If we win the ball, then it's over. Goes over the sideline, doesn't it? Yeah. And we we get a side line. We end up keep keeping the ball, but but uh, say like, you've say you've kicked you've kicked the winner. You think right? The yeah. whole team is buzzing, right? Everyone has yeah, no found yeah, 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 energy yeah. from nowhere, right? So you, I would say, try and use that energy to stop them getting the ball rather than getting back to field and then just being there. Do you know, you're not really having to exert but that there's energy. A, there's a bit of chaos in. as well, though, isn't there? Like, it's, it's chaotic. You're like, whoa, lads are going fucking mental. Yeah. Like, do you know what I thought was really interesting? And uh, Connor Glass spoke with Brendan Rogers and Connor McManus after their, their victory, yes. obviously, a couple of minutes after the after final whistle. And he spoke about, this is where you kind of, you, you see the best coaches. And Malik Rourke is obviously an outstanding coach and he's putting together one hell of a record. He was a standard coach before he took over at Glenn and he's building on that again. And he spoke about kickouts mm. and it was like total clarity around, we prepared for every eventuality. Mm. This is a club team saying this and every player in that Glenn team knew exactly what is expected of them. So when a situation like Trillick found themselves in and I'm not saying Trillick didn't do this but I'm saying the more preparation and the more analysis you put in beforehand from the coaches, and I'm mm. sure Jody Garvey may have done this, which I want to be open to correction of this, but Connor Glass kind of highlighted why that's so important. We thought they'd give us the kickouts. They didn't, but we'd prepared for that. So we were able to respond on the pitch. It wasn't mm. a shock. And it just shows the important. We speak so much about kickouts and how important they are and how vital they can be. And that's an example for Trillick. They look at that play, I'm sure all over the winter if we just win that steal on Megan's kick out we're in the Ulster final and we could potentially go on and have one of the best moments ever but I thought Conor Glass's interview shone a light on how important preparation is and what the best coaches bring to the table preparation 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 it was very interesting and you could see as well in terms of the prep that they had done they spoke about the Trillic defence being very narrow and it didn't work for them but they tried to use the attack and mark and they said they took a leaf out of Scotstown Buck against Kilku and they must have had seven attacking marks. Connor Glass thought we were playing against Glenties. That's Saturday night. 
Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. But he said they took yeah. a leaf out of Scottsdale's book. Play around the that's what, how they yeah. tried to play around it. They were playing those little pop pass yeah. marks that are probably a scourge, but if they're there to be used, they're there to be used, you know? So It was um, smart play, but you know what I noticed consistently across both games? <laughs> Lots of marks are being taken, but they're not fucking scoring. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, they're they're, maybe the wrong players, well, definitely some of the wrong players are getting on the end of these things. And I know yeah. it's obviously trickier conditions than in June or July, the ball flies a lot further, but lots of teams are working really good marks. And then uh, the... Uh, some boys need to be down practicing yeah, 20 minutes before training. The final product is, is letting yeah, some exactly. You know what you'd rarely but see as well is, um, is a mark taken short like do you know when you're st- you, you get the mark right i think right he's gonna chip this over now but there's always something there's a backdoor pass on there at some stage something crafty like something crafty yeah. is on because you yeah. can see fellas are switching off they're talking to each other about the kick out they're talking to, together about this yeah, there's something off. on there for someone i think yeah. in the back door you've you've 10 seconds to take something quick there 100 percent um just on the quality of score taking james because i know you've struggled a little bit with the matches in recent weeks and uh, you're kind of tuning in for the frantic, frenetic finishes that have been absolutely sensational <laughs> and the, the quality of scores like in take Saturday night Stevie O'Hara outside the left boot Kieran Thompson beauty off the left on the Savage. loop and then Emma Bradley you know buzzer beater then go to Sunday you've got Brennan's 45 McCarthy's leveller extra time Kieran Hughes lands that bomb there was a couple of other brilliant outside the left boot scores earlier a lot of lefties this weekend mm. That quality That's is there the on the pitch. Is with the lefties, though. we're seeing that quality. We're seeing yeah. some of the some of the finest fair. scores you could see. Why aren't we seeing more of that? Or are we just so grateful to get a score? Mm. The same way United fans were when Garnacho scored that worldly during you the week. Look, you look at the players who scored; they're mostly the standout. They're in, they're the inter county players. Emma Caulfield kicked the first point of the bo- a game for Scotstown wing okay. back. I accept there are ex- there, there are the odd exceptions. But you look, Kieran Thompson's point. Yes, or, okay. Was incredible. one of the sweetest left boots. There's not sure. many players, club players that can kick that score. He is he's an outstanding long range shooter at the highest level mm. of the game. Say Richie Donnelly kicks some monsters. You know, talk about Kieran Hughes, Conor McCart. These are they're outstanding players. It's very difficult to have. In club teams, fifteen players like that. Where they're going, that's I think that's why you see more misses. That's why we're seeing guys struggling to execute those skills because maybe they're not at that level technically. Well, we are but, we are down to we are down to the last eight, twelve teams in the country. Yeah, but it's, so it's still club teams. I think the quality is still very high in terms of the student that we're seeing. I just don't know why we're not seeing enough. But do you not think, Paddy, that they're being encouraged to take those risks until the adrenaline kicks in with a couple of minutes to go? Maybe. Look, I, I, I don't know. If you're telling me. Out of the 15 players Glenty's had on the pitch coming down the stretch, how many of them could have actually kicked that score that Kieran Thompson kicks? Or the same with Conor McCarthy or Lee Brennan. Yeah, there's probably two or three maybe. These are high-quality players who have played senior inter-county football at the highest level. It's natural that those guys are going to have more chance of kicking those scores. I I get there may be exceptions and some boys might might hit absolute worldies, but on a consistent basis, they're the standout guys. And that's going to be the case through whoever wins this thing. You know, whether it's Glenn, whether it's Carafin, whether it's Kilmico Croaks, whether it's Dingle, it's no secret that the key guys in those teams are going to be the likes of Gady, Paul Mannion, Connor Glass, these fellas. So it's uh, that's just the nature of it. The, the best club teams, we said this a couple of weeks ago, if they can get their county lads to really lead the charge, that that is such a difference for them. You, you know, we see it on the, the other side across McGlenn, where Reid O'Neill maybe didn't have his best game. That 
you take away, it's such a weapon. If he doesn't perform for Armagh, it's it's bad for them. But if he doesn't do it at the club level, it's it's just yeah. magnified, you know. So well, I, I think that because it's late in the game, the people are taking on those chances and they're taking a bit more risk. Like from the games that I've seen. I don't think those risks or those shots are being taken on. Like the, the, you're kind of you're getting up the field to a certain point, but the other team is set back and you're kind of dishing it backwards, trying to get the the perfect score. And it's almost a shock when you see a point um, kicked from range or or a great score. You're going, Jesus, what a score! Because you're seeing so little of it. And this is this is going back to to the inter-county season. I I wouldn't say just the club season, but in general. Like we, there is definitely a cautious element to the game that's out there at the moment. There's a fear. It is hard. It's it's not. I think we're becoming more and more accepting of it, and I think it's like, oh yeah, this is six all. Oh, this is a good game. Yeah, oh, fifty eight minutes gone. Maybe. Whereas <laughs> two years ago, we'd have gone six all or eight six. What's going on? Like, I I think the fellas are are definitely being coached into a more cautious approach, and we're we, then we get blown away altogether by a great score. Do you know. Yeah. Which, which is time. nice in a way, but I think there's way more talent on the field than than we're seeing at times. But how can we inject a bit more abandon into the game? Like, how can you tell a fella to take a shot when there's 14 players in front of him? Well, they have no problem doing it when it, when it's 58 minutes on the clock, 59 minutes on the clock, <laughs> and they have to do it. I, it's just, um, I don't know. I don't know how you incentivize it. Um, are, you, are you getting like rules here or like what can coaches do? Cause, cause yeah, it, I don't know. Coaches are. Always, I don't think coaches want to. I don't think coaches yeah, want to. Yeah, I mean, we spoke that. about this earlier in the season as well. It's the responsibility for the, the coaches or the players is not whether we like it or not. They don't see their responsibility as entertainment. They, no. Their responsibility is to win the feckin' game. So, you know, the coaches there at the weekend, they're thinking, what is the best way we can win this club championship match? They don't really give a shit if Jimmy's sitting at home on the couch hung over in Killarney and it's five all and he's gone, this is terrible to watch. They don't care about that. So you're getting into the realms of should there be rule amendments in order to make football more attractive? Yeah, that's a totally different conversation. But yeah, yeah. We don't I, I do think, generally speaking, the, the trend over the last number of years has been the more conservative style of play. You know, not don't lose. Don't lose this game. You know, and that's, again, you know, I'm not a massive fan of that. And I think that that style of play and that approach has a ceiling. It can get you get you to a certain point, but I feel you'll fall sh- short on the biggest day. You need to have a, be a bit more expensive. Um, yeah, but even if you look at the your, your game, Tommy, Cratlow and Castlehaven, right? Mm. It was tentative with score and score. Next thing, with two minutes it to go. It was 7-7. Seven, seven, with two minutes was to no go. Score. There was no score for 20 minutes, yeah. It was, when it was on the line, there was score, 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 score. And it, like the, the intensity, the score and the quality went through the roof. Why was there no score for twenty minutes, Tommy? What we 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 use noticeably play going, I don't want to make a mistake here. No, I don't. I don't think so. We actually we actually had an extra player in that spell. Like we well, had an extra player in that spell. Still didn't score for spell. twenty minutes. Jesus Christ! <laughs> well, it, it was it was seventeen minutes, say, um, <laughs> and it was seven. It was seven points apiece. It you was know, only seventeen minutes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, like, was it just I wasn't on the, I wasn't on the pitch for a lot of it, so ah, I, I can't. Blame the I can't teammates even. then. It's their fault. No, and I know we had two or three attacks break down. Where why did they break down? Were lads trying to force where, passes, or were they dawdling on the ball trying to play safe and they got turned over? 
without breaking privilege of the team here, we probably didn't go quick enough. Mm. Yeah, so lads were playing passively, like. Mm. Yeah, and we probably just uh, probably were very unlucky with one or two efforts that if they had gone over the bar, that it's was... a mindset. It's like, do we go for this or do we? It not? is a mindset, yeah. But I th- like if there's an injection of pace in the attack at some stage, but once one fella sprints with the ball or kicks it, it forces someone else to sprint or kick it. Yeah, yeah. It, it like once one fella trots up the field soloing the ball. God help it's, us. Yeah. We that attack it's is such up. fine margins. If you're, if you're one, on one the score, ball, one injection of pace can change it. If you're on the ball, you set the tone of the attack. Yeah, that's we always. That's what we, we we spoke about it. Obviously, very famously, an example for us is with Jack McCaffrey. What would he bring when he came back into the Dublin team, or even this year? Never mind when he was at the original Jack McCaffrey five or six years ago. If he got the ball and started sprinting forward, we all just had to respond to that. We had to go yeah. fast. <laughs> yeah, you know. Whereas if someone's Dicking around on the ball, soul running around, everyone naturally just responds to that and just is kind of flat. There's not as much runs, it allows the opponents to get set. So there's a massive responsibility on the player with the ball, either if he's soloing it or if he's passing it. If you give a crap hand pass along the deck and it bounces in or a bad kick pass, that just slows the whole impact of the attack. So I, I do. Well, I, it wasn't just those, I suppose, that slowed it down. They were smart, they felt smart. And yeah, that, that could, your opponents can play it as well. They want you to go I, slow. That's, yeah, I think I think actually speaking to a few people involved in Clomel as well, Dingle felt incredibly smart against Clomel at the weekend too, and that I think you're going to have two smart teams up against each other um, in the monster final between the two of them. So just to quickly wrap this up, lads, because we're we're getting towards the end of Jeez, the pod here. Going up for answers. That player's contract took up half the time. Jesus, it Christ. did. It did. It was a good chat. A couple of quick notes, and these are going to be a whistle stop tour. We're going to come back to. Mickey Hart and Derry and uh, we're going to have lots of chat about that across the year but there's been a few interesting bits coming out of Tyrone a few grumblings and you know McKinless was asked about it when he won the All-Star and I think people are trying to read into his answer a bit I I, I wouldn't really read too much into it um, a couple of bits Donegal are raising 55 grand to build a privacy fence around their training centre now in fairness to Jim McGuinness it's only about 12-13 kilometres from the Tyrone border so you know in previous years he had to worry about spies from Kerry coming up the road to watch his training sessions hey, that never happened what you were to get that story wrong I knew you fucked it up on the phone earlier it was the other way around <laughs> Donegal roadside for Cheryl Stadium that Cheryl Stadium yeah. a groomsman whatever way Jim it was McGuinness is, was up the tree outside for Cheryl Stadium <laughs> looking at our training anyways he's a uh, they're they're getting they're getting that money together for a fence to be built there. That's a one bit wow. that came up this week. Kildare have decided not to play their home league games in Crow Park this year while Newbridge is being redone. They're playing their four league games in Netwatch Cullen Park. Oh, so yeah. uh, that's that. We're gonna have our league fixtures signed off this Saturday by Central Council. Oh. Another mistake that was made on the pod last week. The opening game in Tralee is Kerry and Derry. So that's James, you were right. James, how, how do we know that? If it's only on, say that again, Saturday, if that's that not one hundred percent confirmed yet. Well, we'll know next Monday, but that's what they're telling us. Kerry Derry, truly, James is right. Derry, it is a, Derry. There's it no is. showbiz on that. Like, no, come that, on, that's a mistake. But that, but before you, that killed there. I'm surprised. Four games in Crow Park for the players. No, nah, but yeah, they they, they made their bed if they lied it now. They were pissed and moaned about Crow Park last year, so they oh, yeah, true. make a stand there like, yeah. 
They could have got to know the stewards. Uh, in picked for their Mana. Music. They could have put their old DJ in. <laughs> Big blow this year. Uh, they're losing. <laughs> Sean Quigley is not available next year to, to be played. Obviously, a, a big bit part role last year. Goals off the bench in a lot of games. Yeah, he was asked to sign a contract, was he? <laughs> he would not be a fan of that contract. He would Can't not have along with that player contract. <laughs> and they've also lost two of their key men in the middle third, Ryan and Connell Jones. So they've all informed management that they won't be available next year. That's tough on Fermanagh. And in Loud, tough on Jer Brennan. Loud's player of the year 2022. Centre-back for Mickey Hart for three years. He's won a junior um, he's in a junior Leinster final with Glide Rangers at the minute. Niall Sharkey is off on his travels in the new year, so he won't be available for Jer Brennan. We're going to get a lot of this over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, we didn't mention Paul Ganey, who's annoyed at the minute by all the retirement talk around him. We might come back to that again. A uh, few other bits and pieces. The games this weekend, St. Bridges against Cara Finn, Chemical Crooks against Nace. I'll get your predictions in a moment because I know they're going to be quick. The favourites looking at the Buckies this morning. Chemical Croaks naturally five to four. Glenn ten to three. Carfin nine to two. Scottstown ten to one. Ten to one. Oh, Scottstown. I think that's a bit of yeah. I Castlehaven actually, now. depending where you look. Castlehaven ten to one. Dingle twelve to one. And then St Bridget's fourteen to one. Nace twenty to one. So that was in one spot this morning. But anyways, that's just a, an overview of the consensus. Scottsdale could still. I said it last week, and even though they weren't at their best, I think they could nick Ulster. I wouldn't be having ten to one. Jesus. Anyone giving the Rossies a chance this weekend? St. Bridges against Carfin? I'm not. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't seen them enough to to call. To be fair, but I like. Yeah, I tough, like, I like you what I see from Carfin. So I, I'm, I'm hoping to get to this game. I think it's going to be tight. Uh, is, is that Saturday or Sunday? Any both Sunday on TG Car? Half one Sunday on TG Car. Lovely. So if Castlehaven are are tens and Dingle are twelves. That means Dingle. I think Dingle will be Castlehaven, and they'll be outsiders. I, wanna, I could have messed it up. I think I got it on boils this morning. But they'll be outsiders. Yeah, I don't think a Munster team is going to win the All Ireland. Mm. No, that's a tight fight. It's a tight one to call the final, but I, I can't see either of them going through and winning the whole thing. And in the Leinster final on Saturday, we have the favourites against the long shots, Nace. Uh, these have met in a county final or a provincial final a couple of years ago. Can yeah. Croaks? They've they've played uh, sure a couple of years in a row, have they? Yeah, yeah, they have. Yeah, in Croke Park, wasn't so, it? Yeah. In Croker, yeah. So, have Nays learned? Can they do enough? I think the boy they learned, but I still don't think they're gonna have enough to beat Croaks. Okay, so was there, there was a good there was a good distance between the teams last year, wasn't there? I, I think Croaks will win that. I think it got a bit closer, but Croaks, yeah, Croaks, Croaks, Croaks. I think that's where we're all looking, lads. Uh, pleasure catching up again. Thanks for giving up your Monday evening after we got through our tech difficulties earlier on we so got there eventually three hours to get yeah. ready for the fucking pot sorry about that boys it was your fault betting, this week he hasn't had any issues yet somehow yeah I've held it up enough you're waiting for the new year, year. I mentioned Garnacho once that was it but I think we'll leave all that United talk for a separate oh, we'll come up with a new a podcast for ourselves what a goal oh, it was it the best goal United have scored ever in the Premier League well, it was it was it was the exact yeah. same as Rooney's. I don't know how Gary Neville no, is saying. No, it's better than Rooney. Better connection even, than Rooney's. Even the build up was better than Rooney's. Rooney's cross yeah. takes a deflection. Yeah, Nanny's comes off. Yeah. Uh, comp- Which makes it even back. better because he, he had to he had to shift no, the body around. Even Lindelof's pass, it, the whole goal. I think it is the best United score yeah. in the Premier League. Could you imagine it been in the away end for that? Do you see the photo of Dan Gore and Finney McAllister, the two academy players, in the middle of it all? No. Well, oh, cool photo, yeah. But anyways, 
That's that with, something we can't be talking United on this podcast. We'll yeah. lose a lot of listeners. Anyway, Harry Andrews. Good night, James boys. Donahue. Pleasure as always. Thanks very much. Another podcast brought to you by AIB, proud sponsor of the Senior Football Championship. Hashtag. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. Toughest. Next Monday, we'll be back, lads. I'll chat to you then. Enjoy the week. See you, boys. Au